Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. In layman's terms, it simply means keeping your money moving from investment to investment, turning over as rapidly as possible, putting your money in, getting your money back, putting it in something else and compounding your returns. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Welcome back, Best Ever listeners, to another episode of Passive Investor Tips. I'm your host, Travis Watts. In today's episode, what we're talking about is the velocity of capital, how to compound your returns. Disclaimers, as always, I'm not telling you or anyone else what to do. This is not to be construed as financial advice. So you do you, you check with your advisors, you do your own due diligence. And with that top of mind, I want to start with sharing a couple stories with you to articulate this point differently than I've done in the past, if you've heard me on other podcasts and episodes. So stay tuned till the end. I promise I'll make it worth your time. This is a very fundamental and impactful concept to fully understand as a passive investor. So first story is this. I bought a townhome in 2009. I paid 95000 for it. This was still on kind of the downward trend of the Great Recession. And today, I just looked it up yesterday on Zillow, and their estimate is that it's worth about $250,000 today in 2022. 
so you might think on the surface or on paper, what a great deal. You bought it for 95, it's worth 250K. You would have more than doubled your money in 13 years. But here's the deal. I also hopped online to use a free IRR calculator. That's the internal rate of return. You can just Google them. I'm sure you'll find a handful. And I plugged in that scenario as an investment to figure out what the annualized return was. And it came in a little less than an 8% annualized return. So that's not bad, but I want to share with you what I did instead. Instead, I kept that property just a few years. I rented it out in the process of holding it. I renovated it. It was kind of a fixer-upper. And I ended up selling it for $135,000 just a few years later. I then took those gains that I had and I rolled them into a new value-add project. In other words, another piece of real estate that was kind of a fixer-upper where I could implement a very similar plan. I held that property a year or two after fixing it up renting it out in the process, and I ended up selling it. I took those proceeds and I put it into a third project where I did the exact same business plan again. It was a value-add fixer-upper. I increased the value by making renovations, renting it out in the process for positive cash flow to help offset my expenses, and ended up selling. And so you can see it's a rinse and repeat. Keep in mind, these were not necessarily flips because I was renting them out in the process. I was holding them more than one year. Typically, a flip's going to be anywhere between 30 to 90 days, we'll say on average. And it's not tax advantage when you flip properties. You're going to pay short-term capital gains, which are taxed at ordinary rates, which are upwards of 40% plus any applicable state tax. So I was holding them more than a year so that I had long-term capital gains, which are tax advantage. For most people, it comes in about 15%. For long-term capital gains, it could be upwards of 20%. Always check with your CPA or tax advisor. I'm just letting you know that was all part of the plan and part of the strategy to reduce taxes and to keep the velocity of capital moving. So long story short, I turned that initial capital into a little bit less than $1 million dollars. Also keep in mind, I did not add additional capital to the mix. This was money I started with on day one, and I just kept turning it and turning it and turning it, and it ended up just shy of a million dollars. So when you plug that into the IRR calculator that I alluded to, that's more like an 18% IRR, more than double the results of had I just bought the first property and said, I'm in this for the long run, I'm going to buy and hold and just cash flow this property out. And this, my friends, is called the velocity of capital. In layman's terms, it simply means keeping your money moving from investment to investment, turning over as rapidly as possible, putting your money in, getting your money back, putting it in something else and compounding your returns. All right, now I want to share with you a second story that relates to multifamily value-add syndications. So about five years ago, true story, by the way, I partnered with an operator that never projects to sell. They simply buy, renovate, and they hold for long-term cash flow, tax advantages, and all the rest. So for example purposes, just to make the math simple, I'm going to say $100,000 investment. And going into that deal five years ago, the cash flow in year number one right out of the gate was 8% annualized. And today in 2022, it's around 13% annualized. So again, on paper, that sounds pretty good, right? It's hard to find 13% cash flow right now in today's economic environment. But here's something to consider. And that's that I've never received any type of equity upside 
in this particular deal. It's just been a long-term cash flow play. And again, I might be in this deal for five more years, 10 more years, 20 more years, 30 more years. It's anyone's guess. It's up to the operator because I'm a limited partner in the deal. I don't have a say-so in it. So I want to take that deal and I want to compare and contrast to another value-add deal that I did around the same time frame, different operator. And what their business plan was is to buy a value-add fixer-upper property to hold for about five years and then to sell. So they're not in it for the long haul. They're in it for money in and money out as soon as possible. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. And he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. In this deal, the cash flow out of the gate was pretty comparable. It's about 8% a year. This operator chose not to increase their distributions year to year. We ended up holding it four years. They sold it early. And we'll use the same example of a $100,000 investment you would have had about an $80,000 gain upon the sale. So when you add in the cash flow and the equity, it was basically a double your money in four years scenario, if you want to think of it that way to make it easy. So what I did upon sale is I took all the gains. And of course, yes, there were taxes that I ended up just paying out of pocket. I added some of my own cash back to the deal to make a nice even number. We'll call it 200,000 even. I turned 100K into 200K, less the taxes plus added some additional capital. So I had 200K now to go out into the world and reinvest. So I ended up doing two deals to diversify, put 100 in another deal and 100 in another deal. So now I had 200,000 of capital working for me instead of the 100,000. The deals I ended up investing in with the 200K had a little bit less cash flow by percentage. So it was 7%, if I remember correctly. And it had a projected IRR or a total return when you factor in the equity on the back end plus the cash flow of about 15%, just for frame of reference. So I want to take a quick minute here and pause and point out two critical things already in this scenario. Number one is that my cash flow has already substantially increased dollar for dollar. In other words, when I was in the deal, 
the deal where they underwrite for five years and sell, I was getting about an 8% annualized cash flow paid out on a $100,000 investment. So that's about $8,000 per year in distributions. Upon the sale, I doubled the amount of equity that I had. And as I went into the two new deals with a 7% cash flow, I had 200,000 to work with. So now if you run the math, 7,000 per year per deal is now $14,000 in cash flow. I nearly doubled my cash flow. The second thing I want to point out about this business plan is we had already maximized the potential equity upside in the deal. In other words, we bought the deal, we did the value add plan. Now we had market rents, we had high occupancy, we had high collections. There really wasn't much more that we could do to that property to continue increasing its value. We would have to be now dependent on the market and inflation and just general rent bumps every year to have the value keep trickling up. So since we were maxed out, we chose to sell and move on to another fresh value add that needed fixing up so that we had the full potential of adding value and appreciation to new properties. So now I'll talk a little bit in theory about these new deals that I'm still in today, by the way. And if they end up hitting their projections, if the operator ends up executing their business plan properly at the 15 IRR, that means I'm going to have approximately $150,000 in new equity at the end of the five-year hold. And of course, it's investing. There's always risk. Anything could happen. I'm not implying that this will happen. I'm just saying if it did happen, then the math is pretty simple. 200,000 invested, 15 IRR. That means a 15% annualized return when you count the cash flow and the equity. That's $30,000 per year. You times it by five years, which is the entire hold period, that equals 150,000. So at this point, if I decided to continue the rinse and repeat cycle and strategy, I would now be working with potentially 350,000. That would be the 200,000 I put into the deals plus the 150 in new equity upon the sale five years down the road equals 350,000. Not factoring in taxes, once again, as a disclaimer, but 350000 invested into some new deals at a 7% annualized yield would be 24500 per year. So I know that's a lot of math. I know that's a lot of numbers. If you're listening here to this podcast on audio, that may be a bit confusing. Feel free to re-listen to it and pause where needed. But let's zoom out. Let's back up just a minute. What I want to do right now is I want to compare and contrast the first syndication deal I did with the operator that never intends to sell compared to the operator that holds for about five years and then sells and moves on to new opportunities. So the first deal with the operator that doesn't sell, basically the way it's panned out is year one cash flow was 8% and that was about five years ago. So today, as I mentioned, it's 13% annualized cash flow. Let's just assume for example purposes that that trend continues, that we're going to bump our cash flow up by 1% every single year. That means five years from today in 2027, I would have approximately an 18% cash flow on an annualized basis. That particular deal is not utilizing the velocity of capital. I may end up receiving an 18% annualized cash flow return five years from now, which would be 18,000 per year. But the second deal that I did with the operator that holds about five years, sells and turns over the property, that is an example of utilizing velocity of capital. So a 7% annualized return on 350K in equity five years from now would be 24,500 per year 
versus the 18,000 per year. So that's about a 36% increase in the cash flow, assuming, of course, that the business plan goes according to plan. And this is all made possible by the velocity of capital, keeping your money moving, reinvesting all the time. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I hope you found value in this episode. I try my best to keep these episodes short and to the point. If we haven't connected on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Bigger Pockets, LinkedIn, let's do it. I'm happy to be a resource for you or anyone else. Feel free to share these episodes with anyone you think could find value in them. Like, subscribe, comment. Thanks for tuning in. Have a best ever week. See you on the next episode.